Welcome to the Grace Place Weekly Podcast. No matter your size, age, shade, or background, here you'll receive compelling lessons suited to help guide your walk with Christ and your relationships with others. Please join us now for this week's podcast, recorded live from Grace Place in St. Paul, Minnesota. It is so great to be here today. I'm so thankful to be with you. Um, I want to talk about and preach to you about a major foundational truth this morning. And because I've been a part of church all of my life and have been exposed to several different uh, Christian uh, streams, uh, I feel it imperative to take my role as pastor and this apostolic unction that I have and dig down through all of the religious madness and find the rock, the foundation, Jesus. I'm, I'm always, it seems, um, inspired to go there. Um, last week, I don't know if you were here or you could maybe listen to the podcast, Jonathan preached about um, starting at the right place in your faith. So many people think about God and miss the idea of Father. How many of you know that God is the Father of all? How many of you understand He's the Father of creation? That if you miss that point, that relational point, your whole philosophy, your theology can be off. You believe about God, but you don't have the full truth about it. And I, I listened to that, Jonathan, I thought it was awesome thought. And so I want to tell you that there are several ideas that I had in my mind and in my heart that I was taught that I have grown away from. Uh, Bob Erickson calls it first belief. It's really hard to be converted from your first belief, the first thing you were you were told. But I'm going to ask God to give you the strength today to repent, to change your mind. If you hear what I'm saying today and it sounds true to you, then you need to change your mind and believe the truth and rejoice in a new truth that you haven't heard before. Is that all right? If it's true. And uh, I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. It's the first time I've read this verse to you. As a matter of fact, um, some of what I am saying to you today, I have waited a long time to tell you. I needed you to trust me and love me before I could tell you things that might uh, challenge your first belief. Um, I, Steve, I have, I have, I want to read verse 33, but let me do something a little strange. I want to read verse 34 and 35, Matthew chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, and then go back to 33. Okay, can we do that? Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. Would you say parables? He would tell a story, would make a point without directly speaking to the idea. He would, he would say a thing that people had to figure out what it was. It was a parable. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. 
so was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. This is what was prophesied about Jesus. I will utter things hidden. Everybody say hidden. Hidden since the creation of the world. There were things, there are truths that have been hidden. Jesus is going to speak in parables. Some people are going to get it. Other people are not going to get it. Now, before we read, I'm going to read to you the shortest of all the parables. And, and it's, it's right, the verse right before these verses, okay? Go to verse 33, please. Matthew 13, 33. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. And then it says, he spoke these things in parables. Please leave that up just a moment, Stephen. Please consider that. And if you're listening on the podcast, I'll read again for you. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Please consider that for just a moment. Often because of the Old Testament idea introduced at the Passover in Egypt. They were not to put yeast in their dough. They were to eat unleavened bread. Leaven and yeast in the Bible is often typical of sin, something that gets into us, something from the outside that's interjected. It's in because of an addition And God said to them, don't put any yeast in your dough. Have unleavened bread. And that's the celebration that we have used with the Passover. Consequently, this parable has been avoided by people that think the only type of yeast is sin. But can I tell you that in this parable, yeast is like the kingdom. Is that fair? Does that what it says? What's the point of this parable? Once the woman puts the yeast into the flour, what does it do? It works through the whole batch. Well, how about me saying to you then that because of Jesus Christ, everyone will be saved? It works through the whole batch. (laughs) Ha ha! Just a little short parable that'll just knock the socks off your religion. Stops all the bigotry. Brings all the denominations back to one. Settles the matter. The kingdom is like yeast. And when it gets mixed in, it fills the whole thing. Let me give you one more thought. Once the yeast is in the dough, you can't get it out. Woo! God, I'm glad he claimed me and won't let me go. I'm glad he told this story because this sounds too good to be true. What? Yeah, yeast, boys. Yes, girls, yeast. And it fills the whole batch. Is that what he said? 
What does that mean? What does that mean to you? That this is what the kingdom is like. The kingdom, me, it means to me that it's going to fill the whole thing. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, my message title today is fusion. The idea being that once, once it's put together, it cannot be taken apart. I'd like to read Colossians 1, 15 through 22. Colossians chapter 1. Hey, guys, it's okay if you don't believe what I believe. It's okay. I'm just telling you what I believe. You're allowed to be wrong the rest of your life. Colossians 1.15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created. I'll read these little parts. Would you say amen if you believe that? By him, all things are created. Things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. Thrones, powers, rulers, or authorities. He made it all. Somebody say praise the Lord. All things were created by him and for him. This is big. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. That's going to be big here in a moment when we talk about fusion. All things. He holds them together. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. Hallelujah. So that in everything, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Does it say that? God, almighty God, not the pope, not the superintendent, not the pastor, not some religious leader, but God, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the, on the cross. Reconcile, bring together, um, Nuclear fusion, I'll read to you from my notes and then I'll show you something here. Nuclear fusion is a nuclear reaction in which atomic nuclei of low atomic number fuse to form a heavier nucleus with the release of energy. The difference in mass between the reactants and the products is manifest in either a release or an absorption of energy. Here's what happens. They devised a way to create in a bomb one million degrees Kelvin and smash two hydrogen atoms together to make the hydrogen bomb. And when the, when the nucleus became one, it was helium. And the energy that was emitted from the fusion of these two lighter nuclei formed one heavier 
and it was helium. That fusion, that is what happens to make our sun shine. That's what's going on right now. That's the energy that we feel from the sun. It's from nuclear fusion. Steve, show us something, would you? It's a process. Energy is produced by smashing together. Everybody say smashing. It's the opposite reaction of fission where they're split apart. Fusion is the process by which the sun and other stars generate light and heat. Easily achieved on earth by combining two isotopes of hydrogen, deuterium and tritium. These hydrogen, it being the lightest of the elements, made up of a single proton and electron. When they put that together, when they smash them together under extreme heat, you have fusion. And energy like the bomb, is emitted. Go on now, let me show you the picture. For nuclear fusion reaction to occur, it's necessary to bring two nuclei so close that nuclear forces become active and the glue, the nuclei together. Get this. Nuclear forces are small distance of forces have to act against the electrostatic forces where positively charged nuclei repel each other. Here's the deal. I, come here, Steve. Can you think while you're helping me? Okay. My nature and God's nature repel. But under extreme heat, and when you bring us close together, we're fused. What... What was two has become one. Fusion. Taking two and making one entity out of two. We, hold on Steve. Okay. We repel. Two positives. You ever had a magnet? You ever play with a magnet? You repel. But when you bring them close together, when he comes down, from heaven and makes himself a man like us comes down on our level gets close to you hallelujah and Hebrews 12 29 our God is a consuming fire and something happens in Andrew something happens in Kiki something happens in Mickey friend there's a fire that starts to burn Karen and suddenly he gets close to me and now the two become one I am fused together with God. I am in him and he is in me. Just like he said, Father, I'm in you and you in me and I want them to be in us. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what religion is said. It doesn't matter your theology or your doctrine. God has fused you. He has reconciled you unto himself. He, he did it. You didn't do it. You didn't go up. He came down. You weren't, you weren't moving toward God. God was moving toward you. You didn't find him. He found you. It says, it says you didn't choose him. He chose you. He chose you. I'm standing here today in opposition to any religious idea that says you can be separated from God because you cannot. Once 
the yeast is in the dough. The whole thing gets filled. Don't worry that you're not quite full yet. It's filling you up. Nuclear fusion. So I studied and said, well, can the, can the process be reversed? Now, we know there's fission, but once fusion has occurred, can you take them apart? And the scientists, the, high, the nuclear scientists, the people that are smarter than me, have said, in theory, they should be able to be taken apart. But nobody can do it. In theory, it seems like you should reverse the process and you should be able to take the two apart. But scientifically, it cannot be done. So what they're trying to do is create fusion to give us energy, nuclear energy, right? This is in the natural realm. I know you've heard a little bit about it. I know this is a little deep, and I hope not to bore you to death. But do you understand that what they're doing in the natural realm is what God has done in the spiritual realm? It's called fusion. Out of the two, he makes one. That's what he said about marriage. Two become one. Christ and the church. I thought that I could reverse the process by some mistake that I might make or some thought that I might have. Listen to me. You can't reverse the process. You are already in him. Oh, what does it say? And nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Neither height, nor depth, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That ought to just blow your ever-living mind. That ought to just wreck your world. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. When he gets a hold of you and fuses you into his, we have been reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus Christ. We weren't reconciled because we joined the church. We weren't reconciled because we said a, made a vow, made a promise. I'm going to read something to you so that it goes on the internet so I can get more hate mail. Absolute, universal reconciliation by grace through the blood of Jesus, the ultimate demonstration of God's love, is the eternal plan and purpose of God. Shall I read it again? Just for fun. Absolute universal, which means everybody. Absolute means it cannot be reversed, can't be changed. Absolutely. Absolute universal reconciliation by grace through the blood of Jesus, the ultimate demonstration of God's love is the eternal plan and purpose of God. That's what God is doing. You cannot Reverse the process. <laughs> you cannot be lost. <clears throat> hey, how many of you can go with me for a moment back to your 16, 17 years old when you uh, use the term, just your mentality. <clears throat> when you described somebody, 
when you were at the height of your hormonal screaming and you said, she's hot. Come on, smile. He's hot. Huh? You know what people are talking about? This attraction. Well, I'm going to tell you now, our God is a consuming fire. He's hot. You get close and you get it. Do you hear me? Now listen very carefully. I'm going to lead you through and give you some verses. If you're you're taking notes, just write down the reference. In Genesis 3.21, God showed up and gave Adam and Eve coats to cover their nakedness and reconcile them and bring them peace in the middle of their anxiety. Now, um, Steve, I was going to say I'm sorry, but I'm really not. I go over by the door, Steve. Stand stand over by the door. And um, I want you to turn your face and look out the hallway so you can't see. And I'm going to hide. I'm going to hide these Girl Scout cookies. I'm going to hide them, okay? And you don't look. Don't look, Steve. Don't look. Hey, don't get, look the other way. Steve. Now, when we were kids, we would play a game, right? And when you got close to the prize, remember we'd say, all right, Steve, I've hidden them. You can, you can go looking for a box of cookies. Okay. All right. You're cold. You're, yeah, keep going. Keep looking. Yeah, well, cold. You're cold. Steve, you're cold. You're cold, Steve. You're getting cold or you're getting... Remember who said freezing? Do you remember that? You're freezing. You're freezing. Steve, you're freezing. Oh, you're freezing. Getting cold. Warmer. Warmer, 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 warmer. Stop, Steve, just a moment. Let me preach. When, when God... Stand still just a minute. When God gave them coats, and we saw that in Scripture, you know what we said? Ah, we're getting warmer. We're, we're understanding the purpose of God, the reconciliation of God, right? Um, I'll go back for just a second, please. Stand still, Steve. And then in Genesis chapter 7, verse 18, in case you're taking notes, the Bible says that the ark floated. It saved them. So in Genesis chapter 7, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to seeing the answer of what God was doing through Jesus Christ. The end result is that we would be fused together by the blood of Christ. That the, the fire of God's love, the, you know, we said he's hot, she's hot. Man, the fire of God's love. God was hot, hot, hot after you. And we're going to that place where we say, all right, I've been taken by God. I've been claimed by God. I'm fused with God. And so God shows them in the garden and he shows them with the ark. And we go, oh, look, it works. The, the boat floats. Uh, Genesis 22, the, uh, the ram on the mountain with Abraham, the story of God himself will provide. 
God the provider, God the sacrifice. We look at the ram on the mountain and we say, that's Jesus. Jesus is our ram. He is our substitute. So we say, Stevie, you're getting closer. You're getting warmer. You're seeing it. You're seeing it, right? You can see it. Then we come to Moses and we see, oh my God, there's a, there's a scapegoat. They put the sins on the scapegoat and it completely taken our sins away. They kill the other goat and the blood is sacrificed and God forgives their sins. And we're going, I believe that. I need a scapegoat. I need God to take my sins and put it on another goat and lead it into the wilderness and let it die. I want my past to die. I don't want my past to keep coming up every year. Somebody help me. And we're saying you're getting closer, you're getting closer, getting close. Then there's the temple, Solomon's temple. The glory of God visits that place. The holiest of holies, the Ark of the Covenant. We're going, oh, we can see God in this powerful thing. Keep walking now, Steve, keep looking. He's looking. He's going this way now. He's there, yeah. You can't see him on the podcast, but Steve has turned close. He's getting warmer. He's getting warmer. Steve, they know where it is, but you have no clue. He's warmer. He's warmer. He's warmer. Oh, he's getting hot. He's getting hot. He found it. So here we are wandering through the Bible, and we see these stories. Right? We see this glorious representation of what God is going to do. And then the angels show up and say, Today, in the city of David, there's a Savior that's born. You're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, and he's lying in a manger. And we realize, oh, my God, we're about to see it. We're, we're getting within sight of this plan, Steve. It's a universal, eternal plan. The plan is not a coat. It's not a boat. It's not about a goat. The plan is that Jesus was coming to fuse you, to reconcile you, to bring you into God. And they said, there's a baby born. The Savior. What? The Savior. This is not a coat. This ain't a boat, baby. This is the Savior. He's born. And they celebrate. They shout. They take that same lamb and they put him on a cross. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And all the religious people get confused by that. He looks at one thief and says to that thief, today you will be with me in paradise. That wipes out catechism. That wipes out my Pentecostal baptism. That changes everything about whether or not you speak in tongues. It changes everything about whether you attend church or don't attend church. If Jesus says, I'm taking you with me, he's the one close enough. Listen, he got so close, he's hanging by the guy, and he says, I'm going to fuse you into myself. Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. He, you can't argue this. This happened. It already happened. Hallelujah. And the Bible says he breathed his last and said, it is finished. And the veil in the temple was torn in two. The mercy of God comes out to the whole wide world. The way into the presence of God is made clear to everybody, Steve. Everybody, you, me, we're all in. And he goes to the, into the presence of God with his own blood. And he offers his own blood. Hebrews chapter 9 and chapter 10, he offers his own blood to God and we are reconciled to God by his blood. He made us one. He fused us. You say, well, what about all my confusion? What about all the times that I have wandered away in my mind? What I was told, if you sin, you're out. I was told if I made a mistake or if I willingly made a mistake, I could be put out. 
I would be out. Uh, you can't get out of the dough. You're already in. Yeah, they think they ought to be able to reverse this process, but fusion, they can't figure out just exactly how to take the two apart once they've become one entity. They don't know how to make two out of one. All they know how to do, Karen, is make one out of two. Glory to God. And I've come to preach to you today that he reconciled you and he holds all things together. There is a force prior to fusion. There's a force that repels the elements until they get so close and so hot that fusion overcomes the forces that repel them. I'm so glad it does not say anywhere in Scripture that he pulls them apart at will. But the Scripture says he overcomes all the powers of darkness and all of the doubt and confusion and all the things that could have torn me away. And he keeps working in the heat and love until he makes me one with himself. You are in the process, hallelujah to God, of being fused to the spirit of God, not just actually now, but in your mind and in your spirit, you're being converted to believe what God has already done. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. To learn more about Grace Place, please visit our website at graceplacemn.org. Thanks for listening. May God bless you this week.